We worship you. We thank you, Lord, how great you are, Jesus. How great you are, Jesus. Amen, amen. We can go to Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter tonight. Deuteronomy 11. Man, the word of the Lord says, For the land, whither thou goest in to possess it, is not as the land of Egypt, from whence ye came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot, as a garden of herbs. But the land whither, the, whither ye go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. A land which the Lord thy God careth for, the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it, from the beginning of the year even until the end of the year. And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, and I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, and that thou mayest eat and be full. Amen. Uh, the promise of God, the declaration to the children of Israel. Amen. And we know that uh, we see that come to pass. Amen. So I want to preach to you tonight from this title, Reserved. Reserved. Turn to a few people and greet them as you're seated uh, this evening. Amen. I, I'm uh, not even going to bother asking the question that uh, I already know the answer to. Um, I, I know that uh, we all love to eat, and uh, most meals are probably eaten at home, and uh, as that is usually the, the cheapest way to eat in a, a budget-friendly uh, budget, but Every now and then, it's nice to go out and eat and to treat yourself to, you know, a fancy menu, a dollar menu. That's where we'll be fine dining here soon. Prices keep going up. Fine dining at McDonald's. Uh, actually, I think they got rid of their uh, some of their uh, some of their menus. I forget some items on it, and they're really focusing on the dollar menu to help uh, for profit reasons, obviously. But. Um, Sometimes you may go and treat yourself to a, a nice sit-down restaurant somewhere. Um, some places you might go to, uh, you'll go to and ask the host, the hostess was going to ask you, do you have a reservation? Uh, is there a table that is reserved just for you and your party? And, and you see, while everyone might have access to the dining room, uh, if there is a table that is reserved, people just can't go and, and sit there and take that table. But only a certain people or party 
uh, is able to sit there at that time, but you can sit at any other table that you want if it is open to that, but you can't sit here at this table or in this room or wherever it is. It is reserved for someone else. And if everyone in Fort Myers decides to show up to that restaurant that you're wanting to eat at, um, and a, a, a good restaurant will uh, keep those tables uh, sitting empty and, and keeping, making sure that they wait outside and waiting for those people who actually have a reservation. Uh, they'll make people wait an hour, hour and a half, or however long it, people are willing to wait. Um, but if you have that reservation, then you can walk in and just go and grab your table because you have your name placed there. Uh, you uh, ever experienced that before? Have you uh, go in and you get a seat and you, uh, to get a seat and you see the dining room is clearly, it's empty, empty tables everywhere and you're thinking that, oh, okay, we're going we're gonna to sit right in. It's not, we're not going to wait along. Look at, there's empty tables everywhere. And then you go to the hostess and say, it's going to be a 15 or 20 minute wait. And you, you look around, there's, all these empty tables. I can, I can seat myself. I don't need to wait for you to seat me 20 minutes from now. Uh, and so uh, you, you're, you're maybe confused or maybe you start to get a little frustrated or I don't know how you may respond, but uh, people, you definitely get start to get puzzled like, what's going on here? Do I really want to eat here if, if they've got all these open tables and I have to wait 15 minutes? Uh, but it's usually probably for one of two reasons, a uh, staffing issue that's becoming more prevalent nowadays. There's, you got to wait a whole, whole lot longer than you used to because there's, there's not as many people there working now. But, uh, um, and, or or there's, there's tables are reserved. Either there's a staffing issue or there's people that are reserved those tables uh, already. And so... It doesn't matter uh, who you are, and if we have empty tables, that those are reserved uh, for a specific name or a specific party to sit there uh, at that table. And unless that is your name, then you can uh, you can kindly wait 15 or 20 minutes for your turn. Uh, there are things in life that are uh, just reserved that they aren't available to everybody. And they may be off limits, if you will, and you can't go there or you, you can't sit there or you can't even enter some places. And uh, you may not know why. You may not ever be told any details, but just understanding the, the meaning of reserved is really kind of all that you may get to know. Uh, uh, and so as, as pure and as holy and as righteous as our God is, aren't you thankful that access to his presence, uh, to his grace and mercy are not closed off, that they are not uh, off limits to everybody, that you aren't met with, sorry, uh, his presence is reserved, that you are turned away for something. The Bible tells us that we have access to the presence of God and we have access to his throne. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I'm thankful that when sin comes around, that grace does much more abound, 
that there is grace for every sinner out there. There is mercy for everybody who has messed up. That God's love is not reserved for only a select few people, but his love is for all, and he wants all to come under repentance, and that nothing can separate us from his love, because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. Aren't you thankful for the long-suffering of God in your life? That he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He doesn't reserve his love and his salvation for certain people, for certain types of people or names of people or groups of people, but uh, aren't you grateful that you just came through the doors one day without a reservation and you found yourself in the presence of Almighty God carrying all your burdens and carrying all your problems and your addictions and you didn't do anything to deserve a seat in the presence of the Most High God but yet he invited us to come in. Uh, and when we came in, our, our life has forever been changed for the better. And I'm thankful that God doesn't reserve his love and his grace and that he doesn't hold it back, that anybody who wants it can come and benefit from the blessings of God. And we surely are a blessed people because of the access that God has given us to his presence and his grace and mercy. Psalms 100 says, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and that it is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. And we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. And that's why we come in here whenever we get an opportunity because God has been too good to us. And we know that we don't deserve to be here, that we didn't have a reservation, but God was gracious to us, amen, and, and allowed us to come in and forever changed our lives. But while that uh, may be true, for his love and his grace and mercy, uh, there are some things uh, that God does reserve for certain people and for certain use. Uh, Adam and Adam and Eve experienced uh, God's first reserve sign as they had access to all the trees, everything, anywhere they can go, wherever they wanted, in the entire garden. Uh, but this one tree. Uh, had a reserve sign that says you cannot touch, do not eat of it, do not partake of it. Uh, this one right here in the center, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, uh, that tree, that one is reserved uh, for me or for, it's just reserved. You don't need to know details, just that it's off limits, it is reserved. And when God says uh, this you can have or, or this you can't have, or this is only for this person. It doesn't matter who you are. If God says that this is not for you, this is not reserved for you, uh, then there is only one way, uh, and that is God's way. 
It doesn't matter who we are or how many, if we pitch a fit or, or, or we want to do whatever it is. If, if, if God says, no, this is not for you, uh, but it is for somebody else, or, or just simply, no, this is reserved, off limits, amen, it, it would behoove us and to do our best to abide by the will of God because uh, it's his will that is going to be done. And there is only one way, and that is God's way. And he did say that there is only one way to be saved. He said, you must be born again in order to see the kingdom of heaven. Um, And uh, that is uh, through Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way to get in but through Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that I have found the door and I know who he is and I found the way to salvation by his grace and mercy uh, and allowed us to partake of that. Um, John 10 and 1, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Verse 9, he says, I am the door. Uh, By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in out and find pasture. The thief cometh, but for to steal to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And I'm thankful that we've found that door, that we've obeyed the gospel, the plan of salvation, found in Acts 2.38 that also fulfills what Jesus said in John 3 and 5, that you must be born of the water and of the spirit. And we know that is through repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, we have uh, obeyed that and, and, and done that in our lives, and that's provided us the, the, the gift of salvation uh, that wasn't reserved for a select few, that wasn't reserved for only a, a certain family name or for a rich name only, but salvation is reserved for whosoever will. And uh, the, the invitation is to all, but only those who are hungry enough and want to find that, uh, they will find it is if they seek after God with all their heart and lead them to that altar of repentance. And uh, talking about reservations and, and things being reserved and off limits, uh, the most reserved place on the planet Earth is... Uh, the land of Israel. The land of Israel is the most reserved place uh, because uh, everyone else can go where they want and build lands and, and develop lands and develop nations wherever they want on the globe. But there is a plot of land over there that has a reserve sign on it, and it is not for everyone else. It is only for a select uh, people And that land over there is only reserved for the land of Israel and the Israelites and nobody else. That's the only place that I can really find uh, in the world that has a reserve sign uh, that is for the land uh, of Israel, is for the people of Israel. Because that dates back to Genesis 15 and 18. In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of uh, Egypt unto the the great river, the river Euphrates. And so uh, we've talked about this covenant before, uh, where where they cut, where Abram cut the, the animals in half, the sacrifices of the animals in half, and they set them on each side, and 
the two parties would walk through it, uh, pledging to each other that they would uphold their part of the deal uh, of the covenant. And if they did not, then they would become like the animals. They would be uh, pretty much uh, able to be killed by the other party because they, didn't, they, they broke the contract or the covenant. But we know that uh, when, when God asked Abram to do this, we know that a deep sleep fell upon Abram and knocked him out, and he was out cold for the night. And so God was the only one that uh, walked through the, the sacrifices, um, and uh, which, which made that land covenant an unconditional covenant because Abram did not walk through. He was lined up, ready to go, uh, at least in his mind. Uh, but uh, he did not make it through because he was asleep, and so God himself walked through that. And so there is nothing that Abram's seed uh, can do to break this covenant because they didn't even sign the papers. Uh, And so God signed the paper. He signed over the land deed to them. And so the only way for the nation of Israel to lose the land over there is if God decides to go back on his word. And we know what the chances of that ever happening are. Uh, And so that means the land over there will forever belong to the nation of Israel. It will forever have a reserved sign that this land belongs to the seed of Abraham. And nobody else can can have it because God, the, the, the creator who made the land, gave it to Abram and his seed, and so nobody else can, can, can have it. Uh, they'll fight for it. They have been fighting for it for years and centuries, and, uh, but uh, nobody else will be able to possess it like the Israelites have it. And, and so this is a land unlike any other land, as God told uh, the Israelites in Deuteronomy. It's not like the land of, of Egypt where you came from, where you can... Uh, where you can uh, uh, build these aquifer systems and all these uh, water, uh, man-made watering uh, systems and uh, how, how you can manufacture things over there. He says this land is not like this land, but this land uh, gets its water from the heavens, from the dew of the heavens. That's where the water comes from over here. And uh, it's completely different from where they came from. And Deuteronomy 11 and 12, it says, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. Now, say, speaking that, it, it implies to me that uh, uh, this also is a, a special piece of land because God cares for this land. Uh, unlike the, uh, the land of Egypt where uh, uh, we can uh, assume that God doesn't care for that land like he cares for this land over here. Uh, it says, for the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. Also what separates this uh, from every other land is that apparently the eyes of God are always on this track of land, this little spot of land. God's eyes are always upon it from the beginning of the year until the end of the year. Uh, this land, this soil, God is constantly watching uh, the land over there in Egypt, in, in, in Israel. And verse 13, it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day. Love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. 
that I will give you the rain of your land in its due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather thy corn and thy wine and thy oil, and I will send the grass in the fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. Uh, so this land where they are, are going are and in, in, inheriting uh, is completely dependent upon God to to fertilize it, to to give the water, and to to help grow the land is all dependent upon God. Not where Egypt, where you came from, Egypt, where you 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 got sod farms and you've got uh, these uh, pump wells and pumps and all these things where you can survive anything. Over here, the land where they were going completely dependent upon God and his word. Uh, And so when Israel is in the land and they are serving the Lord, God says to them, I will send the rain to you. I will open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out the rain in your land if you are living according to my uh, commandments and loving me and following after me. And I, I will send the rain and I will send the grass and I will send the flowers and the fruit and I, I will do all of that and the land will flourish. But what happens when Israel does not serve the Lord? That can be found in Leviticus 26. If ye shall despise my statutes, or if if your soul abhor my judgments, so that ye will not do all my commandments, but that ye break my covenant. uh, Verse 31 says, I will make your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries unto desolation, and I will not smell the savor of your sweet odors. I will bring the land into desolation, and your enemies which dwell therein shall be astonished at it. I will scatter you among the heathen, and will draw out a sword after you, and your land shall be desolate, and your cities waste. And so when Israel obeys, and they stay in the land, the land flourishes, and it just blooms and blossoms, and, and, and everything is, is working uh, the way that God designed it. And, but when they disobey, Israel gets evicted. They get kicked out of the land, and the cities and the land then becomes desolate. And so can the land of Israel blossom and flourish if the Israelites are not there? No, I don't think it can because it was given to the Israelites and if they're in the land and they serve God, then God sends the rain. And so if the Israelites are not there, how how can the land flourish? If the very people who the land belongs to are not there, I would say that the land cannot flourish. There's no way for it to flourish uh, because Israel has to be living in the land. And to think about this for a second, in 70 A.D., Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. Israel is scattered to the, to the wind. Uh, and so why, why did that happen? Well, we just read in Leviticus that told us that that exactly, that, that thing would happen if they were disobedient and they did not obey the commandments of God. And so uh, 70 A.D., Israel is destroyed, Jews are scattered, uh, not sure the exact reason, but according to Leviticus, somewhere along the lines, they're not living according to the land, according to the commandments of God. Otherwise, God would not kick them out. 
But if they do not obey the land, uh, the the law and commandments, God says, "I'll uh, I'll make your cities waste and your land become desolate." And so they get kicked out. Uh, and so uh, Israel is scattered, and their cities become vacant. And so the land becomes vacant, and Israel does not show up again into the land for almost 1,900 years. So what happened to the land for 1,900 years? The the centuries of conquest and, and exploration and civilizations expanding throughout the world and taking on new lands... New worlds were discovered, and uh, uh, America's discovered, and, and you know, the uh, 1492 or 1600 or 1606 or whatever you want to mark the beginning of this land. Um, but obviously, uh, Israel, the land of Israel has been vacant for uh, over a thousand years, 1500 years. Uh, and, and now the world is on the exploration tour and trying to find new lands and all these things. And all the while, Mediterranean waterfront land is seemingly available, waiting for the taking. Because the Jews are not there, are they? They're scattered. They're, they're spread across the world. No need to travel all the way across the blue, the Atlantic Ocean, and risk your life and all this. All you got to do is just travel, go over to the, go over to the Middle East, and there's, there's vacant land over there. Israelites aren't there, and so free vacant land, free for the taking. And so why is it that for over 1,800 years, uh, no nation really claimed the land? Obviously, uh, there there were uh, civilizations who probably claimed that territory, but why why didn't it just become some other mighty nation? How is it uh, that the nations of the earth looked at that centrally located land of Israel right on the Mediterranean Sea and say, ah, nah, we don't really care for that. We don't really want to build that place up and make that become part of our empire and uh, be a stronghold of our civilization over there. Uh, it, that's how it was for 1,800 years, kind of free land to expand your kingdom. But uh, no thanks, we, you know, we don't really, it's not really appealing to us over there. And so Israelites were scattered to the wind for 1,800 years. And then all of a sudden they show up back in the land and declare themselves a nation uh, in 1947, uh, around there, and now all of a sudden, now all the nations of the world uh, are telling Israel, well, you guys need to give up some of your land for peace. Give up some of that land for peace, and let's let's settle this out. And, and all of a sudden, uh, now everyone's concerned about the land of Israel. Well, where was everybody for the past 1,800 years? Why, why now are you concerned about it? Uh, it appears nobody really wanted it. Uh, uh, beachfront island uh, or beachfront land. Uh, but now that Israel, Israel has it, now, now you guys want us to give up our land. Well, why didn't you come and take it 100 years ago? You could have had it. It could have been yours. But now that we have it, uh, now everyone takes interest in our land. How crazy is it, and yet that is really precisely where we are today. 
How is it that that plot of land stayed pretty much vacant for 1,800 years and nobody wanted to build a, a nation out of it? The answer lies back 3,000 years ago in an ancient scroll that says, I will bring the land into the desolation if you are not in it. So the reason the land of Israel sat vacant and unwanted, if you will, for 1,800 years is simply because of the word of God. Simply because of what God said. That if you're not in the land, it's going to be desolate. The land did not flourish, it, it did not bloom, it did not prosper. Otherwise, nations would be fighting over that land, wouldn't they? If, if it was just a, a great place to, man, one look at that and, wow, we got to have that for an outpost or we're going to make that a stronghold of our, of our new civilization. If the land was flourishing and blossoming, there would be wars fought over that land, but yet it seems like uh, the land of Israel escaped through 1,800 years of civilization and expansion throughout the globe, but nobody really fought for it. Why is that? It's probably because it was lifeless. It was barren. It was empty. It, was, it seemed worthless. And uh, I, I've mentioned this before. The world-famous author uh, Mark Twain was inspired to travel across the world and visit the Holy Land. And, and God used him to uh, document exactly what Leviticus declared. He said that the land was desolate. He used that word, desolate, desolate. And there wasn't anybody, anybody there. He said, we didn't see anybody on our whole trip. And he went over there to the Holy Land. Uh, and so whether Mark Twain realized it or not, but his writings and his description of the very land of Israel proves that God's word is true. God's word is true because he said that thousands of years ago, your land is going to be desolate if you are not in it. Uh, and so the word of God goes forth and it does not return void, but it accomplishes what it is sent to do. Uh, we have, a, a, we have a, a one case right here documented in history where, where this proves that what God says is going to happen. And so no matter what's going on in our life and our situation, we can stand upon a foundation that is tried and true that will not return void, but the word of God will always stand and we can depend upon it and put our faith and trust in his word and his promises simply because we have the evidence of just this one case right here that it will happen if God said it. And so uh, the land over there, was desolate for 1,800 years simply because that land has a reserve sign on it. It's a table that is reserved for somebody else. It is reserved for Abraham's seed, and nobody else can live there. Nobody else can make the land prosper like the Israelites can simply because their name is on that land. And no other group of people could get the ground to open up and, and release its nutrients and people may be tried for these 1,800 years, and the same result happened. Desolation, dryness, devoid of life, simply because the land is reserved. And it's not reserved for them, it's reserved for somebody else. The word that was spoken uh, in Deuteronomy starts working 
once the Israelites come back into the land, once they are, are no longer scattered to the wind, but they start making their way back in. And that's what happened uh, 100 years ago. People started coming back, uh, moving back into the land uh, that was given to them. And all of a sudden, now what happens? The rain starts showing back up, and the leaves and the grass start appear again, and nutrients are, are released, and life is now brought back into the land, not because of any new farming techniques or new technology. No, solely because of a promise, because of a word that was given 4,000 years ago that this land is given to your descendants, and I will give it to them, and, and it will always be to them. It is reserved for them and them alone. No one else will be able to live and thrive there simply because of the word of God. And these are more than uh, uh, just words on a page. The, the word of God has power. It is alive. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And the word of God has the ability to stop the rains from coming and to make actual land, physical land, to make it actually desolate and lifeless. Or it can speak life into something. It can cause something to flourish or something to prosper, uh, either to lock it up or to release it, it what is reserved by God. Uh, that is all bound up by the word of God. That's how powerful it is. And I don't know about you, but I want to release, I want God to release the things in my life that he has reserved for me, the things with my name on it in his life, and to open up the windows of heaven for me, but that requires me to also live by his commandments and to follow by his word and to make sure that I'm loving him with all my heart and all my soul. And then those things will be released in, in my life and in your life, whatever God has restored and reserved for each and every one of us. Musicians, if you would come, Second Peter 3 and 3. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willing, willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens uh, were of old, and they and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that was then that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men, and so the same word. Uh, that spoke the world into existence is the same word that is also keeping it, this world alive and sustaining the world and the heavens and everything in it. Um, a, a new day dawns because of the word of God. And it says that this world is reserved unto fire unto the day of judgment. The world that we are living now is reserved unto, un, unto fire. Uh, in the day of judgment. And we know how God uh, has the ability to reserve something for a long time. 
because we just we just saw an example of it. He reserved this 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 plot of land for over 1,800 years. No matter how long it takes, uh, 1,800 years, that's not a problem for God. If it's 2,000 years, I have to hold on to this, reserve it, no problem. 4,000-year-old prophecy, uh, no problem. No matter how long, God has already showed us that he can keep his promise and he can whatever he has reserved that his word will keep and it will release it whenever the time is ready. And so we don't need to worry or fear about what God has in store. We just know that God's word is going to happen and his promises are yea and amen. We just have to make sure that we are in line with what his word says and then whatever God has in store, amen, that will come to pass because he has a reserve for us, and we know he is good with reservations. Man, if you stand with me tonight, even though uh, those reservations we have talked about are for Israel, what does God have reserved for us? First Peter 1 and 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for us. So what? We have something that is reserved for us that is in heaven, and we don't have to worry if it's going to never show up because we know God is good with reserving things and holding on to things. And if it is reserved, then we know it is going to happen. Uh, if the conditions are right. Uh, And so we have an inheritance waiting in heaven for you and me that God is holding there uh, for us until we get there. Verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And so the time is coming. Uh, It's going to be revealed to us in due time. We just have to keep holding on. Keep on believing and know that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And his reservations are going to come to pass. And we'll be able to see that soon and very soon. Verse 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. You see, we, we know what awaits us. We, we know that there are streets of gold, and we know that Jesus is going to prepare a place for us, and in his Father's house are many mansions, and we know uh, the gates of pearl. We know all of those things await us, and, and, and that's not the issue. Sometimes the issue is just trying to make it through the day. Sometimes we just got, we just need strength to make it through today, God. Uh, my inheritance is reserved for me in heaven, and that's great. But, Lord, I need some help today. I need a touch today. I need a healing today. I need a little hope today. I need a little touch of heaven today in my life. And I know what's coming, but I, I need to make it through the day in order to get to that place one day. At verse 7, that the trial of our faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perished, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see, until that day, 
until that day that we get to sit down at the table that is reserved for us in heaven. Until we get to see that chair with our name on it. Uh, until then, we know that is waiting and we know that's going to happen because he's good and he's reserved it already. But until then, our faith is being tested and being put on trial. And we are told that our faith is more precious than gold. As, as valuable as we view gold is, the Bible says our faith is more valuable than that. Uh, and so we're not going to let the enemy steal our faith and, and steal our blessings because God has something reserved for us. And if he can keep a watchful eye on that land over there, I know he can keep a watchful eye on me and my little house and my little family and my little life. If he can keep an eye on five million acres of land for 1,800 years, surely he can keep me and keep an eye upon me and the little, the 80 years that I might have on this life uh, to keep me alive. I, I know that God has a calling and, and giftings and anointing reserved for each and every one of us. And only you can access that. Only you can reach for that. I can't step in to your calling. I can't get your giftings. I, I can't get what God has reserved for you uh, and, and hop in there and expect everything's going to work. No, it is reserved for you and you and you. Every single one of us has our name on something in God's promises and his plans. And only you can get a hold of it. And so what God needs from each and every one of us in these last days is to go where God has called us to go. Wherever that may be, whatever that might look like, we got to follow the voice of God in our lives and to reach for whatever he has called for us, whatever he has reserved for us, to seek out callings and seek out our, our giftings and seek out our, our anointing that is reserved just for us, that has our name on it. And once we seek that out and find it and, and be where we are supposed to be, then we begin to flourish. As the land of Israel, once they got into that land and started living according to God, then all of a sudden the flowers started coming and the grass started appearing and the rain started pouring out. Why? Because they are in the place that God reserved for them and living according to the way God has asked them to live. And so that is what God is asking us as believers in these last days is we just got to go where God is calling us and grab hold of what God has for us. Not what he has for you or you or you, but I got to find what God has for me if I want to flourish in his will and his plan and see things prosper in our lives. And when we are all there, wherever God positions us and places us in the body and our callings and giftings and when we are all there and we are embracing that and God is going to uh, open up the windows of heaven for the things that he has reserved for us as a body, as a church uh, and we know that uh, with those things are, are there and they are coming but we got to make sure we're in the right place and doing the right things and, and so we don't need to be worried about 
what so-and-so is doing or, or how they're doing or what they're doing. I got to worry and make sure I'm in the right place because, God, there's something for me. There's something for you, but only you have access to that. And I know we have revival, the end-time revival, and we got uh, things that God is going to use us mightily in. Amen. But we got to find our place that has our name on it. And whatever it is there that is waiting for us, we got to embrace that. We got to pick it up. We got to put it on and then follow after God, and we'll begin to see things flourish. Amen. There's a calling for every one of us. Amen. There's a place for every one of us that has our name on it. Amen. And I want to see that begin to flourish. I want to see every single one of us begin to blossom and, and grow like never before because God has something great for us in these last days. Amen. And we are a part of it. We don't need to be on the sidelines, uh, but we need to be involved in what God has in store. Amen. Do you believe with that? Believe that with me tonight? And you've got something that God, you've got something for me. It doesn't matter who you are. Amen. God, you've got something for me, and I want to grab a hold of it. You believe? Let's worship the Lord. Let's seek him. God, help us to find that thing you have for us, that place in your presence. God, that it is reserved just for us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lead us, God. Lead me, Lord, to that place with my name on it, Lord. Hallelujah. Help us.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, in him, it's where it is. We got to be connected to him and to thrive and flourish like never before. Be in the place that God has reserved for us. Amen. And begin to prosper. Amen. In the things that God has sent us to do. Amen. We can't do uh, other people's callings. We can't because our name is not on it. Our giftings are for us. Amen. We can help and encourage one another and, and lift one another up and, and help them be the best that they can be. But uh, we all have our place. We all have our callings and giftings that are reserved for us. Amen. And if we find them and flourish in them, then the, the church is edified and this world is blessed because of what God is doing through us. Amen. There's great things in store for us and the church in this city. Amen. we got to be connected and we'll see that happen. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.